This is Rush to Reason. You are going to shut your damn yapper and listen for a change because I got you pegged, sweetheart. You want to take the easy way out because you're scared. And you're scared because if you try and fail, there's only you to blame. Let me break this down for you. Life is scary. Get used to it. There are no magical fixes. With your host, John Rush. My advice to you is to do what your parents did. Get a job first. You haven't made everybody equal. You've made them the same, and there's a big difference. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Are you crazy? Am I? Or am I so sane that you just blew your mind? It's Rush to Reason, brought to you by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, with your host, John Rush. And I'm your host, John Rush, Rush to Reason, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today. I appreciate it very much. Hopefully you all made it through the snow we just had here recently. And uh, up today, of course, we've got Dr. Kelly Victory with us, as she is most every Thursday. Steve House as well, but I'll start with Dr. Kelly. Dr. Kelly, welcome. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Although, again, I just got off an airplane, as I think you know, and it never fails to just amaze me to see people still, uh, you know, February of 2023, walking around the airport with a mask on. Yep. And, you know, what it's I've crazy. noticed, too, in the, my recent travels, Dr. Kelly, is great place to start, by the way, just to experience the same thing traveling the last day or so. And what I'm, what I'm noticing, and, and maybe it's just me and I'm, I'm you know, being more uh, watchful than I should be, but to me, it's the younger generation. We've talked about this in the past, but I would venture to guess, I, w- I was saying for a while it was the 45 and younger. I- I'm now moving that down to the 35-year age and younger. It's not It's not generally older people I see wearing them. It's younger people and even their children, which is disturbing to me, actually. No, I see that as well. I see a lot of younger people and young families, as you point out, with little you know, toddlers wearing masks. It, it's really just tragic. I do still see older people doing them as well. And I think, unfortunately, uh, despite the fact that we have overwhelming evidence, irrefutable data, uh, showing that masks do little or nothing to stop the spread of respiratory viruses, they have become part of the culture now. Yeah. And there are people who simply will not uh, ever give them up. go. No, Steve, welcome. And I'm sure you've, you, I mean, you travel a lot as well. The three of us, you, you two do far more than I, but just in my, you know, running around and being out and about and in different different places, I just, it seems like, as Kelly said just a second ago, Steve, they've latched onto this. They're not letting go. It doesn't matter what data you would even put in front of them. I'm not sure they'd even read the data you give them. Yeah, and you know, it, I, I think you're right about that. And I do see a lot of people like that traveling with masks. But I also noticed the other day that when I got on a Delta Airlines flight, they come over the overhead and they say, Delta Airlines, masks are optional, but if you want to wear a mask, feel free to do so. And I had not heard that. I've been flying constantly, right? I'm like, where did that change come right. from all of a sudden, you know, that they're saying that? So tomorrow I'm going to fly 19 out of 21 hours wow. uh, on my way halfway around the world to Africa. And in the process, John, I'm going to, on my flight, I'm going to count the number of people I see in masks and try to estimate what percentage they are, so I'll report back to you. Oh, that'd be awesome. And if you can, and I know age is always tough because, you know, it's tough anymore to tell somebody's, you know, 30 or 40 or even 45 or 50, depending upon how well they've cared for themselves. So that one's a little bit tougher. But age would be nice as well if you can do it. 
Yeah, I'll give you at least a, an anecdotal perspective because I'm going to go through some big airports on my way over there. All right, so moving along, this is some things that we've, you know, we've discussed even amongst ourselves. We've, we've talked about this in the past, but I had a specific inquiry this weekend. Oh, I, I need to re- remind everybody. Uh, sorry, I usually do that coming in. Dr. Kelly Victory, if you want to know more about Dr. Kelly, go right to the website, RushToReason.com. Full page listed there of all the credentials there. Steve has, has vast credentials when it comes to medical industry, consulting, doing all sorts of things in it. I am the least experienced when it comes to all of this. I'm sort of the uh, odd man out, but I have learned a ton from these two that have been able to pass on to all of you as listeners as well. If you have a specific question, Please give us a text message, and I'll get that answered. 307-200-8222. Again, 307-200-8222. But one of the things I got a specific question on, guys, and Dr. Kelly, I'll start with you, and that's this whole, you know, those of us that are unvaccinated, these medical codes that are being used inside of, you know, medical uh, institutions, doctors' offices, hospitals, and so on, to quote-unquote trace the unvaccinated. I, I mean, I, I think people probably would have guessed they were doing something along these lines, but I think it's a lot more nefarious than what it seems, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I, I think it is as well. To be clear, um, what they they have done, what the federal government has done with the uh, help of the CDC, is they have created a new ICD code. ICD codes are the codes that physicians use to uh, to keep track of specific medical conditions and medical problems. They have created an entirely new code that has two subsets to it to to capture whether or not a patient is partially or fully vaccinated for COVID. Now, this is, as far as I know, the only, it would be the singular ICD code that is capturing something that isn't a medical condition. Mm. Vaccination status isn't a medical condition. We're talking about things like congestive heart failure, you know, diabetes, you know, those are, you know, psoriasis. Those are medical conditions. Your vaccination status is not a medical condition. There's no reason for them to track that other than that it appears the federal government wants to know exactly who is and who isn't vaccinated. And I think it's terrifying because this is not the, the federal government has pretty much proven that they are not in a position mm-hmm. to, uh, to to guard this information. Agree. Stephen, you're in that world, the data gathering end of things and so on. Again, I, I just don't see any you know possible positive outcome of this. All, all I see is some sort of you know, retribution or retaliation against those of us that are unvaccinated down the road if they find out, in fact, we're much healthier, which, by the way, I believe we will be. If we end up being much healthier than everyone else, I don't see that being good for us. I'm sorry. I mean, it's good that we're healthy, but I don't see this tracking of us being good. Yeah, you know, it, it, you have to go back to the actual statement the CDC made, and I will tell you exactly what it said. And this was David Berglund, one of the medical officers, who said, um, at the current time, there can, can be considered to be a significant modifiable risk factor for morbidity and for mortality, and it can be of interest for clinical reasons as well as being a value for public health reasons to be able to track this. He's talking exactly on whether you've been vaccinated. Significant modifiable mortality, a risk factor and mortality. Well, I, if he's going to say that, I'm suggesting they're not actually tracking the unvaccinated, they're tracking the vaccinated. I know that's not true, but, you know, if you really want to track significant modifiable risk mm-hmm. mortalities, you know, you have to look at all the people that have been vaccinated as having a serious 
risk modified mortality not one you can modify at this point but one that's already been modified and i I, dr kelly i don't want to sound conspiratorial because you guys know i'm i'm not in fact i get accused of of not being in fact i got accused the other day of being a lefty because i wouldn't buy into the snake venom thing from dr artis even though i like dr artis i think he's got a lot of great information because i won't buy into hook line and sinker his whole snake venom theory i was labeled by one of our listeners this past week after our show last thursday a liberal so i am not a conspiracy theorist from a long shot dr kelly but i will tell you that this whole thing of tracking the unvaccinated bothers me because it's like okay at the end of the day are they tracking us because at some point in time they're going to force you to be because otherwise we screw up all the things they have going on on these whole, on all of this vaccination front you know as far as the mrna goes well one simply doesn't know they have not divulged what it is that they want to do with that information um but i can tell you that clearly it's either going to be so that they can intervene or try to otherwise you know uh, advise coerce mandate uh for somebody to do something that they haven't yet done uh, and it can also be very prejudicial. You, when you think about things like um, HIV status or whether or not you've had a sexually transmitted disease, whether or not you have certain things written in your chart, those things are highly sensitive because they can be used mm-hmm. to discriminate against you for the purposes of, of employment, um, you know, for the purposes of travel, for lots of reasons. And the federal government, you know, uh, track history with keeping things private is not particularly great. So um, I think that people have a reason to be concerned. Another thing that concerns me greatly is when the government starts tracking things like this that people don't necessarily want tracked, it gives patients every reason to lie, Mm. to lie to their healthcare practitioner. Mm -hmm. That puts me and every other practicing physician in a tough spot because if patients aren't honest with me, it makes it very, very difficult for me to make the right decisions mm-hmm. about their care. Mm-hmm. If people lie about whether they're using cocaine, they lie about their alcohol intake, they lie about their sexual activity, they lie about their vaccination status, between the two of us, the patient and the doctor, where that information is supposed to be, it makes it very difficult. But boy, I got to tell you, if the government's going to start tracking this stuff, I can understand yeah. why a patient would be compelled to lie. Yeah, Stephen. And, and again, you, you're. This is really in your wheelhouse because you, you know, you've been in this for a long time. You and I were tracking data on even, you know, COVID deaths and, and all of the morbidity and things that were going on there and comorbidity and so on. And you know, you you've been in this world for a very long time. I, I just, I'm sorry. I, I maybe again, I'm tr- not trying to be a pessimist, and, and yet on the same token, everything Dr. Kelly said is very, very true. I, I, number one right now, I just don't trust the government. So having them with this information, to me, I just can't trust them with it. I'm sorry, I just can't. Well, and, and I think she's right about, you know, the, the idea that you could be penalized. I mean, think about what I just said. They're looking at a modifiable risk of mortality, ability of mortality. What does that mean to Medicare, Medicaid? What does that mean to you know, nursing home care, what does that mean in terms of the cost of health care? And, and whether you could end up charging you more for your Medicare copay oh, if you're point. not vaccinated when you get there because Great you point. have a modify, modifiable, not modified, but a modifiable risk profile. So that's one thing. By the way, if, if you're not supposed to lie to your doctor about cocaine and alcohol use, I need to talk to my doctor because I don't know if that's going to change 
how my diagnosis is. <laughs> Kelly brought that up. I'm glad Kelly brought that up. <laughs> That's good. No, and Dr. Kelly, you brought up a lot. And again, we've talked about this many, many times. I think this is, frankly, I think this is exactly where, unfortunately, this is where our government is at. And they've made it worse in the past two to three years. And that is because they're not truthful with us as citizens. They prove that even with all this balloon nonsense with China, they're not being truthful with us. The more we go down the path, the more we realize that they're not being truthful. There's this huge amount of distrust. The stats even show that over half of the American public, I think it's up to upwards of close to 60% of Americans do not trust the government at all. Uh, this is not boding well for them. Oh, I agree. This has been an absolute unmitigated disaster for public health. Um, I'm not sure that our agencies like the FDA, CDC, NIH will ever regain Agreed. their trusted uh, their trusted position in the minds of most Americans. And frankly, the entire the best thing you can do for your health right now is to stay the heck away yeah, don't from go. physicians and hospitals. That's right. Don't that's go. Right. That's right. I mean, and that's something that you would never ever have heard me say previously. But this is where we are because physicians, as, as a whole. Um, have not been on the right side of history on this. They bought hook, line, and sinker, all this stuff. They've done things that are unconscionable and, frankly, indefensible. The idea of using therapies, i.e. these mRNA vaccines, on groups of people on whom they were never tested. I don't care if you're talking about pregnant women, you know, people with autoimmune diseases, the elderly, children, people who'd already had and recovered from COVID, and on and on. They have, you know, they promoted things like masking, and social distancing, which is absolutely preposterous. They denied the uh, the presence of natural immunity. Right. Uh, they promoted these things. They wouldn't talk about uh, safe, effective, readily available medications. So, frankly, if people say to me right now, I hate to tell you, Dr. Kelly, but, you know, present company accepted, I don't trust any physicians. I get it. Yeah. I, I'm right yeah. there with you. Yeah. I don't either. Fully agree. Hey, John. Hey, John. A question for Kelly, and Kelly, I think you both, you and I both know Obamacare really well. There's um, panels in there. They call them death panels, but they're really based on formulas, right? Uh, comparative effectiveness formulas. Do you think that because they use the words modifiable risk of mortality, that they will factor in whether you've been vaccinated or not when they eventually use comparative effectiveness to decide whether you get a liver transplant, you get a cardiac cath mm -hmm. or a bypass, I mean, we know that they put that stuff in Obamacare. We know they use it in England. I know that at some point the cost of care is going to get to be at a point where they may use that. So this may be even more nefarious than we're talking about. Yeah. Oh, see, I don't have to even, you know, uh, take a, a guess at this. They are doing it already. People are being turned down for treatment, whether it's uh, transplants, chemotherapy, other interventions on the basis of their vaccination status. Uh, there have been many, many cases uh, with regard to organ transplant where someone isn't even allowed to be on the list because they have not participated in these COVID vaccines for exactly the reason you say. They're calling it a modifiable risk factor like smoking or obesity or something else that they're saying, you know, we can require you to meet these guidelines before we're willing to uh, spend an organ on you. Um, this is absolutely indefensible, but do I think they're going to do it? You betcha. Mm, great point. Okay, I've got some questions for you guys. 
along those same lines as soon as we come back. Anybody else has a question specifically, not just along these lines, anything you have at all, any question you've got, we'll get it answered. 307-200-8222. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air is coming up next. And remember, anything you need when it comes to your furnace, HVAC, and electrical, especially as we start to head into the springtime months, which are just around the corner, 720-526-0231. Absolute technicians listen first. 1,300 Google reviews at 4.9 stars is proof that you can trust. I'm Isaac. I'm the service manager here at Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. At Absolute, we pride ourselves on advising as opposed to telling. We don't do any repairs without talking to the customer first. So we always want clients to know what's going on, understand what we're saying, and make an educated decision for what they would like to do in their home to their HVAC equipment. We always like to set the table for what the client can expect while we are in their home. So that makes the homeowner comfortable with who's in their home. And it also helps us to communicate what we're recommending and why we're recommending it. We pride ourselves on high level communication. Make sure you are heard. Work with professionals that listen. Schedule with Absolute Electrical Heating and Air now at 720-526-0231 or visit klzradio.com slash absolute today. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. Affordable interest mortgage, Kurt Rogers, anything you need when it comes to a mortgage. He's been my broker now for a number of years, six, seven years now. Anything you need, give Kurt a call, 720-895-0500. Thinking rates are too high to buy a home? Wish they were in the threes or fours? Well, your wait is over. Take AIM, affordable interest mortgage. With a 3-2-1 buy-down, you can now purchase a home at 3.193% first year, 4.913% second, 5.913 the third, and the remaining years at 6.913, with an APR of 6.985. If rates go down, refinance and save even more. On a $400,000 loan, your monthly payment would be over $748 a month less the first year, $511 the second, $262 the third, with a total savings of over $18,000. Before you buy, take AIM, 720-895-0500. Three-to-one buy-downs available up to 95% loan-to-value. If you're thinking about home ownership, now may be the best time to purchase. Call Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Own your new home and save thousands in payments. That's 720-895-0500. 80% LTV, 30-year fixed, 6.985% APR, 740 FICO, primary home, rates as of 1116, NMLS 298191, and rates subject to change. Not only do you own your own business, but you also manage it, work for it, and run it. It makes sense that you're tired of your business running you. Change that with coaching from small business coach John Rush. When you're in that situation, you can't afford to just stop what you're currently doing. You need outside help. Otherwise, you're just putting another job on yourself. John's years of experience as the owner of a small business himself allows him to help you set realistic and attainable goals that change the way you approach your work. When you commit to working with John, he can help you make your business more profitable in six months or less. Email John Rush right now to get your operation running for you again. Set up a free 30-minute consultation at john at rushtoreason.com. That's john at rushtoreason.com. Or fill out the contact form at klzradio.com slash john. No liberal media bias here. This is Rush to Reason. All right, and we are back Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Okay, 
Uh, I think, Dr. Kelly, I'll start with you. And you are a medical physician and been in that practice for a long, long time. And again, as you said a moment ago, we've now gotten to an era where even folks like your, yourself, I think, are going to fight. Again, not you personally, because people trust you, but the industry itself is going to f- have to try to fight back against this distrust that's there in the industry. The other thing that I have seen along those lines, this is really a question, that, you know, kind of a path I want to go down. We haven't talked much about this, but I see an influx or an increase in the quote-unquote wellness doctors to where they're not just going to tell you, you know, here's a pill, go pop it, or here's a jab, take this, you know, whatever the case may be. They're, they're looking at the entire body itself, trying to figure out exactly what's wrong, what can we do to treat you as a whole versus just one individual part. And I see a, a huge, I guess you could say, resurgence of those types of physicians that are out there and and by the way rightfully so because they're taking the majority of them took a completely different approach even to COVID and the vaccines themselves and frankly I think it's helping out their businesses immensely even without insurance am I correct oh I think you're absolutely correct I think there's been a resurgence of the naturopathic uh, physicians because as people run away from allopathic physicians uh, MDs uh, and osteopathic physicians, DOs, primarily because they feel that they've been let down during this pandemic, they still need something for advice. And so what they're turning to are these alternative, uh, more holistic practitioners. Uh, at the same time, we are seeing people, unfortunately, turn away from the routine screening exams and things of that sort that were always done, whether it's a mammogram, colonoscopy, those sorts of things, again, because they have become distrustful of the entire medical complex. Uh, People talk a lot about how we're worried about having vaccine hesitancy, meaning that people will translate their their concerns about these mRNA shots to uh, being hesitant for all other vaccines. Oh, I think it's beyond that. I think, frankly, I think we've gone beyond hesitancy. I think we have an entire generation of people now who would be, you'd be hard pressed for them to line up and get their kids vaccinated or to take any vaccines themselves because this has been such a debacle. So I think there are lots of things happening simultaneously, but you are absolutely correct in my estimation that the return of the, uh, the, the dietitian, nutritionist yep. for, the, for most for people, uh, natural paths, holistic uh, practitioners, alternative practitioners. I think you're going to see significant upticks in their business. And Steve, along those lines, and you and I are, are businessmen, and uh, I look at some of those individuals, and think, holy cow, are they in the right place at the right time? And for the longest of times, too, and I, I, I do, I do, I, I don't think this. I know this. They fought against actually being called that alternative or maybe not the same caliber of doctor that Dr. Kelly is and so on. And I think a lot of them had to really, you know, fight and claw their way to the top. But those that did and have survived all of that and are now there, holy cow, Steve, I think that, you know, they can write their own ticket now as to what they want to do when it comes to care. Yeah, they become doctors for the unvaccinated, to be honest. That's really what they are, are, yes. Not not vaccinated. And I look at healthcare data every single day. And the one thing I can tell you is, we measure the complications someone has in their health, I mean, how sick they are, with something called case mix index. I'm not going to go into it too deeply, but the average case mix index has risen by somewhere between 25 and 30% to where it was prior to COVID. And what that actually means, John, is people are so hesitant to go to the doctor or to, to get medical attention because of what's happened that they wait, and then they wait and get sicker and sicker, and then when they finally go and they enter the system, they're sicker than they would have been or should have been 
had they seen a doctor. And I think on the naturopath side, a lot of those guys are doing treatment work, not specifically diagnostic work. And I think Kelly's right. You can't forget that you need the screenings because you still need to diagnose specific problems. On the other hand, if you feel lethargic, if you have a pain here, a pain there, the naturopaths are really good and they ought to be used. But this has changed the whole healthcare system. It may actually demise the system in the long run if people come in sick from the vaccine, then sicker than they should have been at the time they entered the system. Dr. Kelly, question just came in for you. Good question, by the way, because I think this leads into what we've just been talking about and probably prompted this question anyways. Is there any known correlation between, you know, regular childhood vaccines? And I don't want to get into each individual one because there's, you know, there's folks out there that believe certain ones cause autism in kids and so on. And that's the question. Is there any known data or correlation between, you know, the vaccines we would normally give our, our babies and our kids and autism? Uh, I would say no. I have concerns about the frequency and the number of vaccines that we are giving to children. However, there have been exhaustive, really, reviews of the connection or potential connection specifically between childhood vaccinations and autism. Mm-hmm. And I do, not, I do not believe that there's any credible evidence that that exists. This is not to say that I'm carte blanche, go ahead, vaccinate, 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 because that's not what I'm saying. I think we do have the possibility of really negatively impacting the immune system, neurologic development, and other things because of the way we do our vaccination schedules. And frankly, overall, I think we over-vaccinate people, not only people, but pets. Animals are also likewise over-vaccinated. But I do not believe that there is a credible connection between childhood vaccines and autism. This was initially believed to be possibly related to the mercury that was in vaccines. That was removed out of an abundance of caution some decades ago. Um, Yet we are seeing a continued increase in cases of autism. I think there very clearly is something environmental. I agree. Uh, just like agree. we're seeing a huge yes. increase in allergies and a huge increase yes, in, in ADD and huge, yep. you know, lots of agree things with that, that we're seeing that we never saw before. Um, so there's something environmental, but I don't believe it is tied directly to the vaccine. And I agree with your environmental comment hugely. Not only that, but just our food, the sources of what we feed our yep. kids. And I'm not, and again, not blaming anybody for anything. I would never blame a parent for you know, their child's, you know, disease of any kind. So please, nobody listening to me think that that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm not passing the buck. I just know that we live in a different world today, and so do kids that were different than what, you know, and we're all pretty close to the same age, Dr. Kelly, Steve, and I. Uh, you know, let's face it, kids today, even kids 20-some years ago, grew up in a different world than the three of us grew up in. Steve, comment well, on that? No question. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, factor in the way we've changed water, factor in the, the halogens alone, chlorine, fluorine, and bromine. You know, it's, it's hard on the thyroid. It, it hurts the ability to consume iodine, for example. Bromine is a fire, fire retardant in your clothing. The chlorine and fluorine are in the water. I mean, we've changed environmentally stuff to try to solve problems that may be a factor. Yeah. With regards to the vaccines and, and autism, the one thing I do worry about, and I did this this week, I looked at, you know, the study, the clinical studies done for the COVID-19 vaccine included somewhere around 40,000 people, six months of stuff, although they took the blinded group and they vaccinated them as well, which was a terrible thing to do. But the one that worries me the most, Kelly, is Hep B had 172 people in the clinical trial, children, Hep B for children, 172 people in the trial. They tracked them five days after vaccination and then stopped. 
And I thought, well, gosh, that's so much worse than what the COVID vaccines are. I worry a little bit about how the CDC conducts its business with the pharma companies paying so much of their tab to see that kind of thing happen as well. So I don't know. I, I'm going to defer to Kelly. She's a lot smarter than I am regarding autism and that thing. But I do worry about vaccines being brought forward mm-hmm. without really good safety testing. And that, that worries me. Go ahead, Kelly. I, I agree with you. No, no, I agree 100 percent. We used to, you know, vaccines used to be six to eight years in testing before they ever got launched. It is absolutely without question that the CDC and the FDA are breaching what had been longstanding uh, procedures with regard to uh, testing and, and the collection of safety data, and furthermore, the investigation of safety signals. I will remind people that the VAERS system, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, is owned by HHS. It's owned by the CDC. Mm-hmm. That's their it's their program. They're the ones who put it in place specifically to be an early warning system and to say, look, people, please come and report these cases. If you think something bad happened that might be related to a vaccine, please report it so that we can look at it. Yet fast forward to COVID-19, they have millions, literally millions of reports, and they are shrugging their shoulders and saying, oh, that's just all overreported and people are overreacting and there's nothing to see here, people. This is their own system, and they have breached their duty to investigate these cases. All right, this is a question for both of you. Go, no, go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. Jump in. Go ahead. I, I take it one step further than one of the articles I sent you guys. We have Tony Fauci and others saying that myocarditis is caused by COVID itself, mm-hmm. and because the COVID vaccines, in their theory, prevented people from getting COVID, it was still worth the risk because COVID vaccines will give you myocarditis. It's still worth the risk because more people get myocarditis from the COVID than they do the vaccine. And I'm saying to them, how can you possibly try to sell me on the idea that you have a vaccine that you know is going to damage my heart permanently, and yet that's okay because you're more likely to get it from the coronavirus itself. I don't know how you justify that kind of a safety signal and a problem against the idea that you might get more of it from the COVID itself, even though now we know that's not true. That's ridiculous. Nobody should be operating that way in the government. None. Agree. Well, well, and and well, and we know it, absolutely. Although they, this is always their fallback. They, you know, they will try to tell you, um, oh, you you will have a higher risk of getting COVID. Uh, excuse me, getting myocarditis if you get COVID than if you get the vaccine. That simply isn't what the data have shown us. We now know by not just one or two, but multiple studies, large population-based studies, over two hundred thousand patients in the Israeli study showed no increase in incidence of myocarditis in people who had COVID, who just got COVID. It is all in people who got vaccinated. So although they, that's their default, the, the reality is if you read the data, if you follow the science, Tony Fauci, if you follow the science, the science would tell you it is not as a result of COVID the virus. It's a result of the vaccines and the studies are very clear. Here's a great question. It really fits with both of you as well, because this one's this one's tough. I, I don't have a, a standard answer for this. So, so you guys being in the medical world, this is a question for you two. My wife had a colonoscopy in the last couple of weeks. Before the nurse would do anything, she had to give my wife a COVID swab. Is there anything one can do to push back on that? I've got several answers, but probably not really what people want to hear. Yeah. 
unfortunately, it is so ridiculous that they are doing this. Uh, I don't know how, because we, what they will do is simply say, that's our protocol, that's our policy, right. uh, and we aren't going to do the, uh, you know, we aren't going to do this procedure. There isn't a lick of science behind nope. that. There's absolutely zero justification for testing asymptomatic people for for that, and there certainly is no re- rationale for uh, requiring it before a routine test yep. like a colonoscopy is done. But can you push back on it? Frankly, I don't know a reasonable way to do See, it. I'd be the guy that would say, you know what, are you going to test me for influenza? Are you going to test me for AIDS? You, know, you want to go down the list of things you can test me for to see whether or not I have it? That's how stupid this COVID test is in my mind. Now, that's not going to get me too far because of everything you just said, Dr. Kelly, but that'd be my answer. Yeah, I well, agree. John there's, John, there's another possibility, and now I'm going to take you down the conspiracy theorist path just a little tiny bit and say – for all the PCR COVID tests where they put swabs up your nose, they now have everyone's DNA, you know, so genetically they can stamp all of us if oh, they really want to. True. Good you know? point. And, and that may lead to differences in how we treat people in healthcare as well. Who knows? Yeah, I, I can't argue that one, Steve. In fact, the more we the more we talk along some of these lines, the more people should really be, you know, the more scared I am, the more people should be paying attention to what they're doing when they go to any type of a medical uh, facility at all, in my opinion. I would be very, very careful the information, data, the things that you give them, and so on. Um, another question came in. Can you address the big push? We'll start with you, Dr. Kelly. Can you address the huge push in the medical community to get everyone on statins? Is there a good homeopathic uh, you know, you know, a treatment for high blood pressure besides just changing your diet? In other words, people with high blood pressure, is that the only answer that they've got? No, well, there's no question that we are way over-prescribing statin drugs. Statins are things like Lipitor um, that are meant to decrease your cholesterol. Um, and frankly, I, when you're as old as the three of us are, you remember that, that the medical community's position on cholesterol has swung you know, to both ends of the pendulum more than once. Uh, when we were growing up, you may recall, you know, eggs were eggs were good, and then eggs became bad for you, and then now eggs are good, um, despite the amount of cholesterol that they have in them. So physicians aren't even in agreement, frankly, right, right now, what level of cholesterol is dangerous. Uh, statin drugs are widely uh, overprescribed, in my estimation. They are not without significant risks, uh, both to the liver and they cause. Uh, some some uh, rheumatologic issues in many people. Uh, to the answer to the question, is there something you know holistic? It's really for most people. Um, if you can control diet and increase exercise, many people will be able to decrease their cholesterol a little. Unfortunately, if your cholesterol is very very high, you're never going to get it down into a an acceptable range just with diet and exercise. So you're going to have to be looking at one of the other alternatives. But there are other options besides just that. And, Steve, before you jump in, I will also tell folks we do this on Health and Wellness Wednesdays a lot. There are going whole, back to this whole holistic wellness, uh, you, know, you know, that whole community. I can tell you right now that, yes, they've got all sorts of things, not just with diet and exercise, Dr. Kelly, but even specific types of food with your diet. So it's not just losing weight and reducing your diet. It's the type of foods and things that you're eating, where they come from, how they're harvested, so on and so forth. There are also sorts of things the wellness community, I think, can help someone out in that regard. It goes back to the conversation we had earlier. These are some of the advancements that world has made versus the other side.
side of the aisle just writing a prescription, which, Steve, by the way, this is where I wanted to go with this with you. Isn't, ju- isn't it the fact that we've got a huge uh, you know, pharmaceutical lobby that's out there? They're trying their best to continue to push this, you know, you know continue to push these, these drugs and things upon the population because at the end of the day, that's how that particular business community makes money. And I'm not, I'm not trying to you know, poke anybody in the eye. It just is what it is. It's, it's no different than any other lobbying group that's out there. This one just has to be big and, you know, I think larger and more powerful than most. Uh, no doubt. I mean, there's 10 lobbyists for every member of Congress from that industry. Um, so that in and of itself, I think they spend $10 billion a year in Washington. You know, John, I, I'd recommend to you at some point in the future, you should get Kelly and I on, on and talk about safe harbor laws and pharmacy benefit managers. Mm. Kelly Victory yeah. is an is an expert in this, mm. and she's probably gotten more doctors angered by understanding how that really works and how that jacks up the price of diabetes medicine, which should cost you somewhere around 100 bucks a month to 400 bucks a month, and all that overhead is rebates. And and you know, there's so many problems with this the system and how it works and. And who, where the incentive flows, and it's certainly not in the favor of the patient, that's for sure. I just wrote that down, and the next time you're back from Africa where we can get all three of us together at the same time, I will put that down, and, and we will definitely do that. But, I, you know, I, again, I'm not trying to poke you know anyone in the eye when it comes to this, but I think people need to realize when – when there's certain groups out there that are, you know, having to, you know, I'll use the corn industry. I talked to a farmer on vacation this last week talking about ethanol, the, the corn industry, the crops, and so on. And even he admits the only reason why there's that much corn grown today is because the lobbyists and, and the corn, you know, the corn lobbyists, you know, you know, created all of this inside of Congress, the 10%, 15% ethanol that's in the fuel. I mean, the reality is we wouldn't be growing the amount of corn we are across the country itself if it weren't for some of those subsidies and the things that government is doing to make that work. In my opinion, guys, the drug industry is no different. It's exactly the same. Oh, it oh, is, although... Beyond that, the, 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 as I say, the, pharma, the pharmaceutical uh, industry has infiltrated every component of our society. Yep. Not only do they direct what physicians do, they direct the media. They direct what gets published or what doesn't get published in medical journals. So if people think that they are being educated by going to the, you know, the most well-renowned, you know, medical journals, the Lancet, JAMA, British Journal of Medicine, all of these, they are all 100% controlled by the pharmaceutical companies. Nothing will get published that the pharmaceutical company doesn't want to get published. Mm -hmm. You watch anything on TV, you wait, watch a news clip on CNN, MSNBC, even Fox, all of it. You'll see at the end, you know, brought to you, this show sponsored by... Pfizer, mm-hmm. you know, it, they mm-hmm. are so they are controlling everything. And until we disentangle that and disarticulate the pharmaceutical industry from the practice of medicine, God help us, because no one is getting the care they should. All right, perfect segue. Hey, go ahead, Kate. Go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. Um, and the pharmaceutical industry may be controlling what Demar Hamlin says. Yes. When he's on a TV yes. interview oh. about what caused I guarantee you. Guaranteed. <laughs> yes. Guaranteed. Yes. Spot on, Steve. All right. We'll come back. More questions have come in. Keep texting them. We'll get them answered in this next segment. 307-200-8222. High Five Plumbing is next. Anything you need when it comes to plumbing, give High Five a call today. 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE. You should be flushing your water heater at least once a year. Scheduling routine maintenance with High Five Plumbing now allows you to be frugal down the line. 
Keep your operational costs down over time by ensuring your water heater is functioning properly. When you don't regularly flush your tank, mineral buildup can mean that your water heater loses energy efficiency, increasing your gas and electric bill. A water heater flush with Hi5 is an easy-to-schedule service that is cost-effective in the future. With consistent maintenance, you can even extend the life of your equipment and stave off future plumbing emergencies. High Five Plumbing can save you money down the road with simple maintenance that you can schedule right now. Get on the books today by calling 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE or by filling out a contact form at klzradio.com slash plumbing. Make sure to mention KLZ for a free in-home water quality test and a wave service fee for KLZ listeners only. Golden Eagle Financial, Al Smith, 30-plus years in the financial advisory industry and 20-plus years with Golden Eagle Financial. Call Al today. He's there to help you with all of your future financial plans. 303-744-1128. Maximize the full potential of your nest egg. Discover what a meaningful retirement means to you with a fresh look at your retirement plan from Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial. Al will help you explore what's important to you in retirement. By understanding what you're going to spend your time doing, Al can create a projection of where your finances are now and where they need to be. Establish your priorities for retirement that feels purposeful to you. By tailoring your plan to accommodate what matters most to you, have confidence in the longevity of your nest egg now with Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial. That way, when you finally crack your nest egg open, you can use it to lead to the fulfilling retirement you choose. Call now at 303-744-1128, 303-744-1128, or visit klzradio.com slash money. Advisory services offered through Foundation Investment Advisors and SEC Registered Advisor. All right, for those of you looking to an alternative or for an alternative to the uh, public indoctrination camps that I call public schools, we have an answer. Colorado Heritage Education School System, CHESS for short. For those of you already homeschooling that maybe just need somebody else to come alongside and help you in some particular areas, they can do that as well. They've also got a full brick-and-mortar K-12 through school up in northern Colorado. Whatever you need, CHESS is the answer. ColoradoHeritage.org. Whether you're a homeschooling family in northern Colorado or you are thinking about homeschooling for the first time, Colorado Heritage Education School System, CHESS, has over 30 years of experience coming alongside homeschooling families. CHESS offers a variety of classes from K-12 through to supplement your home curriculum, all of which are taught from a conservative, biblical perspective. Colorado Heritage respects your conservative Christian values and stands against the woke agenda being pushed in government-run schools. Chess teachers are dedicated, committed Christians who are also homeschooling veterans. We care about your student and their academic success, as well as their spiritual growth. Our diploma program for high school students helps prepare students for college, trade schools, and for life. Chess offers scholarships to qualifying families. If you are tired of the public school system's agenda, join Chess where you can use your freedom to direct and control and customize your child's education. Visit coloradoheritage.org to schedule a meeting with the principal. Mom, why is it so cold in the house? Is the thermostat broken? The Public Utilities Commission approved another rate increase, and I can't afford the bill. Colorado families are struggling to make ends meet. It's time to hold the Colorado Public Utilities Commission accountable and take the burden off our families. Don't get cold feet. Turn up the heat on the Colorado Public Utilities Commission. 
Visit nomorerateincreases.com to make your voice heard. Paid for by Americans for Prosperity. This is Rush to Reason, brought to you by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. All right, we are back. Dr. Kelly Victory, Steve House. Again, if you want to know more about Dr. Kelly, just go right to our website, RushToReason.com. She is listed there. And uh, literally everything we've talked about in the past, all of the different shows we've had and so on, they are there as well. Uh, this, this actually was an answer to, to an earlier comment that we made, Steve. This is somebody that's actually has direct connections to the uh, industry, to the, you know, to the airline industry, and said, the new mask choice announcement was to shut up the masked Karens wasting time complaining to all of the attendants about people not wearing their masks, and that this is not an official airline explanation. It's probably why you haven't heard it on every flight, more, like, more than likely just the ones where they've had lots of people complaining about those of us that don't wear masks, Steve. That's kind of where that's coming from, it sounds like. Well, I guess they can do it if they want to. I guess I'm glad to have the explanation, but basically they should tell those people it's not our policy. So yes. Shut up. I agree. You know, I agree. What it is, yeah. All right, Dr. Kelly, question came in, and we've talked about this in the past. All three of us have, actually. And, again, we get new listeners every single week that don't necessarily hear past shows, so it's fine for us to keep answering some of these. Where can people go to bank their blood? I have a brother who will have an upcoming surgery. I'm hoping that I can help him uh, with some blood because both of us are are, are unvaccinated. Again, explain how that works, Dr. Kelly. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have a great explanation, uh, John. As I said, it used to be far easier to bank blood ahead of time than it is now. Uh, for starters, people don't need to worry about banking blood for most uh, elective surgeries. If you're going in to have a knee replacement or a hysterectomy uh, or, frankly, even an open-heart surgery, um, you shouldn't need any blood products. The chance that you are going to need blood products is very, very low, extremely low. Um, Most blood products are given to people who are victims of trauma. And unfortunately, when you're in a traumatic event, whether that means a car accident or a fall or a gunshot wound, uh, you don't know ahead of time. So you haven't thought ahead and gotten your, your blood banked. That said, I think it is worth the conversation with the surgeon ahead of time Mm -hmm. as part of the routine workup. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is your experience, Dr. So-and-so, in needing to give blood? What is my likelihood that I might need a blood product during or following this particular surgical uh, procedure? And if they say, well, it does happen, then I would ask them, can I bank blood ahead of time or can a family member bank blood for me? Each hospital will have a different protocol for that. So what I would say is, number one, talk to the surgeon, find out if is even many people think your chances of needing blood are far higher than they actually are in surgery. Right. We, we don't give blood that often other than in trauma, but I would ask the surgeon, and if there is any chance you would need blood ahead of time, then you want to do that you know, six to eight weeks ahead, and I would ask the surgeon, thank you, how do we do that at this hospital? How do I arrange to bank a unit or two of my own blood? Okay. So, and Steve, you and I have talked about this many times. I think there's huge uh, capitalistic endeavors there that may end up happening. It's hard to say how that will be done because I don't know all the rules and regulations. You do more, way more of that than I do, and I don't know what all that would entail. But I could see down the road, uh, especially the way things are going, having unvaccinated blood banks. Well, there could be all kinds of things associated with John. I mean, if there truly is a long-term serious 
set of impacts from being vaccinated um, globally, uh, it's going to change healthcare. I mean, there, there could become a time where you basically have, you know, a segmented society in a way. I mean, if it's that bad and people get really sick from cancer and all kinds of autoimmune diseases, and then they find out there is some way for the spike proteins that reside in those folks to transfer to somebody else. Mm. I mean, I don't know that they've proven that anywhere. Then you're going to see, I mean, you talk about lockdowns and masks, and you mm-hmm. have to separate the vaccinated from the unvaccinated just to save the money that you don't get sick on when you're unvaccinated. I mean, it's just the possibilities are endless. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and really quick for everybody listening, maybe you're just tuning in today for the first time, and I don't want to alarm anybody, but you can go back and listen to some of the previous episodes and really understand where the three of us have come from and, frankly, how accurate we all three have been in predicting some of the things that were going to happen. And I hate to say this because I really do. I hate saying this, but I think we've only seen the tip of the iceberg when it comes to sudden deaths and things that are happening. I mean, there, there's kids, you know, college kids dying on campuses. They're dying on athletic fields. They're, they're dying on podiums. I mean, we've got all sorts of individuals, high-profile Hollywood stars and so on, that are just dropping dead. And, Dr. Kelly, you've talked about this in the past plenty, but the reality is you can't just say there's just some random thing that's going on here. We, we've never seen this many, especially high-profile individuals that are fit as a fiddle, dropping dead until we had the vaccine come along. Oh, there's no question. And this is not simply, you know, a, a uh, something that you are imagining, but it's not just those, quote, died suddenly, those, those really dramatic pictures you see, the kind of Damar Hamlin type where somebody collapses in cardiac arrest uh, on the football field or the soccer field or walking to class or whatever it is. Start paying attention to how many reports you are seeing of someone who died, quote, after a brief illness. Mm. People are getting very, okay, brief. They were fine on Monday and they're dead on Thursday after a brief illness, okay? Or they got diagnosed with cancer on a Monday and two weeks later they're dead. Yeah, good point. Because the, the cancer is so, so prolific. It is so aggressive. Start paying attention to those yeah, because I fear that people yep. are only it's only these, quote, died suddenly on the football mm-hmm. field that people are paying attention to. There are a heck of a lot of people who every you know, again, I just looked at the yep. Internet when I landed. You know, Raquel Welsh, 82, died after she was only sick for three days. You tell me, what did she have that made her so sick that she yeah. died? Yeah. This is happening over and over again. Yep. Steve, I'll, leave, I'll give you kind of the last word on that, because, again, we've talked about this in the past. But, and, and, I'm, and I'm, again, I am really, I'm, I'm sorry to say this is going to get worse. It's not going to get better, I hate to say. Well, and I, I, the only thing I would say, John, is I would correct you on one statement you made, and you know I don't like to correct you. But no, go ahead. You said I don't want to, you said, I don't want to alarm anybody. Yes, you do. You do want Good to alarm point. anybody. Great you point. Yes, I stand corrected. Don't Great point. Don't take this vaccine. Don't take it. It's not worth the risk. You know, it doesn't help you with COVID, and it could kill yes, you. Yes, so. good point. Anyway, that's, that's No, no, I'm no, I stand corrected. You are 100% correct. That's what we've been doing here for a very long time. All right, so in closing, Steve, have have a great time in Africa. Bring us back some reports on your findings as you travel along and see all the different things and so on. Stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll miss you while you're gone, sir. Hey, you know, I, I guarantee you that I'm not going to find the excess deaths 
in Africa that we have the 600,000 last year in the United mm. States because yep. they're not very vaccinated. Nope. It's a That's very right. clear difference. That's right. Thank you, guys. Steve, appreciate it very much. Uh, again, Dr. Kelly, same thing with you. I really appreciate you joining us and being with us. And for all of you listening, go right to the website, rushtoreason.com, and find out everything about her. But we'll talk to you next week, Dr. Kelly. Have a good one. And, uh, and by the way, I try to stay below that snow level where you're at in Steamboat because you guys have had a ton. <laughs> We we have indeed. I, I said we're having a four-wire winter. Yep. And, uh, the snow is so deep, it's covered all four wires on the, Unbelievable. On the fence. But Unbelievable. Thanks for some uh, pretty pictures. Dr. Kelly, thanks again. We'll talk next week. Appreciate all you do. Thanks very You're much. You're very welcome. All right, again, Dr. Kelly Victory, find her at RushToReason.com. And, again, all the past episodes, if you want to send any of those along to some of the folks that you may know, then maybe you can sort of uh, convince or alarm, as Steve said earlier, give them the heightened notice they need on what's going on. Please do so. Veteran Windows and Doors is next. Anything you need when it comes to your windows, doors, one or all, Dave can help you out, and he'll save you money over the big box guys by, by a long shot. Trust me, I know. 303-529-0720. You signed with another window company, and now there's a sinking feeling in your stomach. You paid too much, and you didn't get what you really wanted. Veteran Windows and Doors won't accept buyer's remorse. That's because they work on a relational model, ensuring you get what you really want from all the options available to you. When you make a purchase with Veteran Windows and Doors, you'll know it was the right choice because they prove it to you. Not only through their five-year installation guarantee or lifetime warranty, But they also beat their competition's prices by 30 to 50% because they want to save you money wherever they can, even if it's a negligible amount. Veteran Windows and Doors doesn't want to be the most profitable. They want to give the customer a higher quality product, installation, and to give them what they want at a lower price. Get what you want. Call Dave at Veteran Windows and Doors before you sign on a dotted line. 303-529-0720. That's 303-529-0720. Get 50% off in the month of February only when you mention KLZ Radio. Bruce Simmons, American Liberty Mortgage. If you're interested in a reverse mortgage, call Bruce today, 303-467-7821. There is a reverse mortgage that can work for your specific situation, even with rising interest rates. Certified reverse mortgage professional Bruce Simmons will help you understand why a proprietary reverse mortgage could make sense for your unique circumstances. The advantage is that unlike a traditional reverse mortgage, those 55 and older can qualify for a proprietary loan. Using two decades of industry experience, Bruce will go through your options, explaining the benefits of doing proprietary or a traditional reverse mortgage now and what that might look like in your future. With either loan type, you may have the option to pay off your mortgage, contributing to your retirement fund, or both with the additional cash flow that a reverse mortgage can give you. Bruce Simmons will help you understand when and why reverse mortgage is the right choice for you with a free consultation at klzradio.com slash reverse. Schedule online now at klzradio.com slash reverse. NMLS 409914. American Liberty Mortgage is an equal housing lender. For all your real estate needs, it's KNR Home Transition 720-437-8210. To attract the right buyer for your home, you need a complete understanding of your direct competition. Realtors Kat and Robin of K&R Home Transitions know exactly how to help you navigate selling your home in a changing market by identifying exactly who your competition is. You'll actually go to see similar listings in your area so you know how to tailor your home sale and pricing to stick out to buyers. Kat and Robin identify the right strategies by actively monitoring your competition every day. 
Using real-time monitoring and the NMLS, they can give you updates on how things are changing in your area with expert guidance on how to keep your home ahead of the others. Choose the real estate team that puts you steps ahead of your competition and get two experts for the price of one. Set up your free consultation now at 720-437-8210. That's 720-437-8210. Or fill out the contact form at klzradio.com slash home. K&R Home Transitions, powered by Worth Clark Realty. All right, hour number two coming up next. If you missed any of this hour, catch it between 6 and 7 p.m. tonight or right off of the website, rushtoreason.com. Go to show notes, click it, and you'll find today's episode there later this evening. We'll be back. Hour two is next. Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560.